The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Here we are on a Tuesday, everybody, in Media Mash, one week of the season in Cowboys lose. They are 0-1, getting ready to face the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the first Media Mash. We do it three times a week, starting on Tuesdays. Today's panel, it's a fun one here. John Machota of The Athletic, Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, and Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com. All right. Uh, I, I, I choked on the Kool-Aid last week. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Cowboys winning 23-21. A little too much hopium for you, huh? Well, on, on Tuesday, when I had to make my picks in the Dallas Morning News, I had Tampa. Then I flipped it. I recall. I recall. Got to go with your gut, man. You didn't, you no, didn't go with your gut on that one. No, I, I, you know what, man? I I started believing it. I should have just stayed. It's just, <laughs> what, what they tell you when you do the, the the SATs and standardized tests, go with your first guess? First uh-huh. guess. Okay. I, I, I didn't do that. I, sh- I should have went my first guess, so I changed it around. And... Um, didn't, didn't happen that way. So, uh, the Cowboys lead this football game. Dak Prescott is injured. Um, we'll get into Jerry Jones here and what he had to say on 105.3 The Fan today on his radio show. But I just want to go around the room and get just initial takes on the game and what you saw. What was, John? Yeah, I can't believe how bad that game was. I, it's, one of the, it's one of the worst games that I've ever seen. It really is. I mean, you talk about you drank the Kool-Aid because you picked them to win. Well, everybody that – I don't care who you were that picked that game, people that cover the Cowboys, people that live anywhere in the world, I'm sure you had at least the Cowboys, even if you had them losing, you probably had them scoring a touchdown, maybe getting in the red zone. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of the worst games I saw, and then you add in the deck injury on the end. Um, I mean, th- yeah, okay, so the Micah, Micah Parsons, there there's your bright spot. I, I can't think of many games that I've watched where I'm like – I really don't have anything other than one player as a bright spot for a game. Who's the other one? Brett Maher. <laughs> okay, Newey. We're not doing this. Um, I mean, he got saying. to the only points of the game, so. It's a shutout without him. It's a shutout without him. And when he walked out there, I was like, man, okay. And then Greg Zerline, by the way, was awful for the Jets, and Robert Sala was already complaining after the game. So this like, is, least, this is my shocked face, you know <laughs> At least you got one thing right. I'm, so, I'm yeah. so shocked. I never thought I never thought the offense would look that bad. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. Okay. The best team in the NFL playing the worst team in the NFL, your offense should not look that bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Kevin Gray. Yeah, I think what concerned me the most among a lot of different things was this team told us throughout the entire offseason that physicality was going to be addressed. And you had a banged-up offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in with a Leonard Fournette, and all they do is run for five and a half yards a pop. And it felt like the left side of that offensive line, or the defensive line, I should say, um, it just wasn't great. You found yourself seeing Leonard Fournette running behind that left side, exposing what it felt like the right side in the middle of that defensive line. And I was just, honestly, I came away more impressed with what Byron Leftwich did with his patchwork offensive line than what I felt like Kellen Moore was able to do with what he had to work with. And I thought, just from a coordinator standpoint, I thought Byron Leftwich outcoached Kellen Moore in this particular football game, based on what he was able to accomplish with what resources he had available I to him. I mean, it helps, it helps to have the GOAT. I mean, that helps too, but it wasn't like Tom was, you know, 
vintage time out there. No, but I mean, they're just getting the ball out reason, quick. Though, for a reason, though. And, and, I, and, and here's why, you know, in speaking on Talking Cowboys this morning, I said, I, I, there's no way to put it. I don't care that Leonard Fournette ran for 127 yards. You know why? Because he didn't get any touchdowns. Now, another reason I don't care about that is I think Dan Quinn went into this, to your point, Mishota, you got TB12 on the other sideline. You have to make a decision, most likely with this Cowboys defense. Are you going to assist a run defense that has already been kind of, you know, trying to improve over the past couple of years? Or are you just going to sell out and just try to shut out Tom Brady as best you can in the, in the passing game? I think he chose the right thing. I think who cares if Leonard Fournette goes off for 127 yards when the game is 12 to 3 at halftime, when it takes two fingertips of a Mike Evans inhuman catch for Tom Brady to get a single touchdown in this game. I think on the whole, the defense did what it was supposed to do. You saw they bent, but they rarely broke. You saw when it was in the red zone. Sacked by Micah Parsons. You get a mistake by Dak Prescott. Sacked by Micah Parsons. PBU by Trevon Diggs in the end zone. PBU to stop a third down in the red zone. The defense did what they were supposed to do. There you go. On the other end of it, I am right there with you, John. And this is not being hyperbolic. That was easily one of the worst offensive outings I've ever seen. Not just from the Cowboys standpoint. In football. In football, and I I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and say because I'd have to go back and look at Dak Prescott's performances uh, since he came into the NFL, but I'm hard-pressed to, off the top of my head, come to a, a um, come to a game that says there was a worse outing from Dak Prescott than what I saw on Sunday. Is that the, the you know who Dak is? Absolutely not. We know he's better than that. But it's also true that that was an abysmal outing and it tied into the wide receiver core struggling and then now you have these two things cyclically working against each other and now you're just tail spinning all the way down the porcelain commode and that's what happened offensively. Dak Prescott was inaccurate. Dak Prescott was indecisive. The wide receivers could not get separation. The wide receivers had drops. You have C.D. Lamb. We know that he's too talented to put on film what he put on film on Sunday. He will admit it. And it's to the point where even Stephen Jones was direct in saying. Called him out by name. In saying C.D. Lamb has got to improve. You want to be the wide receiver one. Heavy lies this crown. This is what comes with it. Amari Cooper understood this. Des Bryant understood this. If you if you have the 88 on and now you're going to be wide receiver one, you have to go out there and you have to be that guy, especially when you have younger guys like Dennis Houston. Semi Fajoko, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, you have a veteran in Noah Brown, but not nearly as proven as a Michael Gallup. I mean, you have these guys looking up to you to be that wide receiver one. When you make a drop, you you can't, you know, all of the it. The cool hand Luke is no longer in the room in Amari Cooper. Somebody has to be the cool hand Luke. Did did you quote Shakespeare? Did I not? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to add on there when you said about the Micah thing, that was another that's another part about the offense that yeah. that really left me scratch my head is you're in your building, places places rocking. Mm-hmm. By the way, AT&T Stadium is, is is just no home field advantage for the Cowboys at all. Like they'd feed off it enough. How do you get? How do you make those two sacks? Stop those drives. One of those field goals is missed, and you build nothing off of that momentum. You get nothing going on offense. Like I, I mean, I'm talking high school, college, pro, whatever. When you're in your building and it's packed like that, and you just need a spark, and you get a spark from that guy, 
and you can't get anything off of that, that has got to be as disheartening as anything. On more than one occasion. Like, yeah. The four words, you, you, and I kept hearing at training camp the entire time we were there. We like our guys. (laughs) Kept hearing it. Asking questions about the wide receivers. We like our guys. Mm Going to get some help in here, you know, this tiring thing, you know. We like our guys. We'll play the young guys. We kept hearing it over and over and over again. One weekend, the guys didn't look good. Small defense for Mike McCarthy. Small. Real small. He did say, we're going to have to play with some young guys this year. Said that in the first press conference. Right. And then before the first game, right at the end, I asked him again, you got to play some more young guys here. He said, I didn't expect to have to play in this early. So these young guys here are, there's, there's work to do. Yes. There's work to do. So I, I know everybody's got the pitchforks out and people want to bury them, and that's fine. But this is what happens when you play with young people. They make mistakes. But yeah. here, here's what I'll also say. It, because for me, the game was um, – there were more positives than than Parsons. I mean, I mentioned Trevon Diggs, for example. He was a huge positive. Um, it, defense as a whole, I'm not concerned I'm not concerned with. Offensively, it, the scheme bothered me to no end. Here you are. Zach Martin is in this game, was not president week one versus the Buccaneers last season. Okay, we we spoke COVID. about right. We spoke about this going into this game. What needs to be the the premise of the Cowboys' offense? It needs to be the run game. So whether you attack the run game behind Tyler Smith and test the rookie early, or which was my goal, you strap it on the seventy and you you get behind Big Zach and you run the ball. Here we are, first offensive drive. Ezekiel Elliott, he's moving. Right, he's making things happen. First trick play, uh, okay, maybe you're trying to keep them on their toes. You you lose seven or eight yards. Okay, throw that out. Okay, get back to Zeke, another gainer. Here comes another trick play. Okay, negative one yard. That didn't work. Okay, the trick plays aren't working. Stop trying to fool Tom Bowles. He's been around. He's seen it all. He's much, been around much, the block a little bit. Right, much like Quinn <laughs> yeah. has. Stop trying yeah. to fool him. Just set the tone and punch them in the mouth. Ezekiel Elliott was doing that. They got away from that. They put too much pressure, in my opinion, on the young wide receiver group, on Dak Prescott, who hadn't established the chemistry with said group in the regular season just yet. You come back to Ezekiel Elliott in the third quarter, guess what he gets back to doing? Punching them in the mouth, another gainer, another gainer, and then what do you do? You get back away from it. Again, halftime is 12-3. You're, you're, you're when they decided to run the yourself. football, they were effective when they decided to run the football. Correct. You're outthinking yourself. Now, the, the thing that really – uh, chaps my hide about it is the Cowboys win this game if they stick with Ezekiel Elliott because then there's not that much more pressure on a struggling passing attack to produce when they're showing you time and again. The only, the only, the only, my, only, my only argument there no. is that at some point, if they're going to win that way, then Ezekiel Elliott's going to have to bust one for about 45. And the reason why That's I say fair. that, the only reason I say that is because I do not trust. If you're just and he was getting good yardage, you know, mm-hmm. six, seven yards in that. Right. I just don't trust this offensive line not to commit a couple penalties and a, and a long drive that it would take to just if you're going to keep just punching them out. Uh, like there were times in like 2014 when you had like a veteran group, 2016, yeah. you know, where I felt like they could do that. They could put together these long like 14, 15 play mm-hmm. drives if they needed to. Mm-hmm. But right now, just because like I, I could see Zeke really, like you said, and you're just feeding him and he's cooking and everything's working, and then boom, one holding call. Now you're behind the chains and it just offsets everything behind. 
behind it. So if he if he was to bust one, and and, and maybe it's on a six bang. play, yeah, or or even Tony Pollard right. in the same in the same sure. vein, you know, busting one down. So, and, and shouts out to Thomas Smith because the rookie had a he had a couple of growing pains, but. Overall, I thought he Tyler handled Smith himself had, well. Yeah, had a very good NFL debut. You so. go into third quarter and just looking at the play sheet here. Um, first drive in the third quarter, penalty on on Tyler Biotish downfield. Um, second drive they had in in the third quarter here. Um, that was the uh, good old Terrence Steele uh, hat trick. Mm. Oh boy! <laughs> false, false, false. Uh, <laughs> well, it was the two rough. false starts and a I holding mean, penalty. Man, yeah. You know, yeah. Ooh, ooh. and then so then they get the ball again. Uh, they one drive they didn't. Um, the Cowboys got the ball at their forty-eight. So Ezekiel Elliott around um, the end for two yards, second and eight from the fifty. Dak incomplete to Dennis Houston, third and eight from the 50, and Dak's incomplete to Noah Brown. That wide open Noah Brown, so he missed that, so then they ended up punting. Then the next drive, um, you had a um, defensive penalty on Shaq Barrett, but that drive ended on a fourth and 15, and uh, Cooper Rush threw an incomplete pass to Simi Fajoko. Then the next drive, Cowboys had another penalty there. So uh, it just, just they, they can't. Get out of their own way. Correct. And we asked, you and I were there, and we're there yesterday about, about the penalties. Dude said he was going to clean up the penalties as a head coach. That didn't happen. Guys, what's going to happen if you keep giving 10 flags a game for this football team? Where do we put the blame? Do you put the blame on the coaches, or do you put the blame on the players? Let's start with you, John. I put the blame mostly on the offensive line and <laughs> an inexperienced <laughs> offensive line. If you clean up on the offensive line, then they're not, they don't have a penalty problem because they didn't have a penalty problem on defense. No, but that offensive line, I mean, so and I so that goes on Joe Philbin. That I mean, you talk about they go, they like their guys. He's obviously if if he doesn't love Terrence Steele, Terrence Steele isn't your right tackle. He obviously loves everything he's seen from Terrence Steele. So that's a big part of it. But I really feel like as bad as the penalties were last year, if you could just clean up, particularly the pre-snap ones on the offensive line, I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. I, I really don't. You don't seem to agree with me, though. Um, <laughs> no, no, just the look on your face. You're like, no. Nah. I, I guess my problem is, and maybe you can get to a point where you cover something too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, You've been and in I, a little too deep now at this point. Know, I'm, I'm, so old, I'm so old, I covered Jimmy's last team and, 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 you know, and, and, and covered Barry's first. So, I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen, with a few, I've seen what championship teams look like. Right. And you don't shoot yourselves in the foot continually. And they're telling us it's going to be a point of emphasis, that word, mm-hmm. the point, words, the point of emphasis. And here it is. Well, now, now, Fair point when you're talking about the offensive line and and you had new guys out there, but Terrence still yeah brother you you know this year three your wide receiver one probably doesn't need to be putting a forearm in someone's helmet either blatantly obvious and, offensive pass interference but and, I mean I think that's kind of more of an outlier the offensive line stuff I felt like we've seen that last year I, 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 here's what I I like and and I, I'll like it if it actually comes to fruition I like what the coaching staff is saying right now. They, I feel like it's it was so bad of a showing on Sunday that I feel like they're pissed off. And, and not simply by seeing them walk around the building with the air of passivity, but if you listen, <laughs> often, more often than not, they'll kind of shield their guys and say, okay, well, it's this or it's that. But when you hear Kellen Moore, who's normally – 
He normally walks around the I already know exactly much. what quote you're going to talk right. about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, he's, and you that. hear Kellen Moore, of all people, yeah. when, in addressing pre-snap penalties, say, hey, more or less, you either get it together or we'll yep. pull you and put someone else in who knows how to rein in pre-snap penalties. And then you combine that with Jerry Jones getting on 105.3 FM, the fan this morning, and so subtly hinting that Jason Peters has played right tackle before. The message to Terrence Steele is is there. Now, I, I'm not going to subscribe to the belief that after moving on from Lyle Collins and then week one, after week one, you're going to this quickly move on from Terrence Steele and put Jason Peters there. But I will say this. I believe that if Steele and whomever else, because harken back to Connor Williams in 2021, right, albeit McCarthy felt like he was being, quote, unquote, targeted by, by the officials, the facts were the facts, and that was Connor Williams was racking up penalties at a disturbing rate. So guess what? He got benched for the Connor McGovern experiment that didn't go well before Williams got put back in. But I believe I've seen that, the Connor Williams situation, and you combine that with what we're hearing from Moore. And, ah, and on. Okay. So now I'm wondering. I asked that question. Yeah, I'm one, now I have some evidence that th- what they're hinting at right now might not just be banana in the tailpipe stuff. So I believe that as talented as Terrence Steele is, if he doesn't get it, rein those pre-snap penalties in, then you might see an offensive line formation that might include Terrence Steele going back to swing tackle, at least until he figures out how to clean that up. So things will get real interesting when Jason Peters is ready to roll, which could be as early as this Sunday we'll find out in practice this week. So you're going to say that it sounds like a 40-year-old who hasn't played left or right tackle 2006. since 2006. <laughs> that's the plan at this point. That that could be a that plan. Could be a plan, a plan at this point. Saying. See that For that them. frightens me because I got to get a guy ready to play at a position where I got a rookie who comported himself well mm-hmm. in the first game. Right. I need him to help my guy get experience. If I'm going to have him part of this offensive line, where do I need help the most? I shouldn't have to go send him to the right side of the line where I got a guy who's supposedly experienced making the kind of mental mistakes that he made on Sunday. So that, to me, is concerning that I'm going to ask a guy to do something he hasn't done in literally 16 years to go help out a guy who should be able to have enough maturity to be able to handle himself. Because the pre-snap penalties, that is inexcusable. Like like the physical stuff, like, okay, that's subjective. But the pre-snap stuff. I'm with John. Yeah. To answer your, your initial question. I put pre-snap penalties on the player, yeah. on the offensive line. I mean, that's that's just Those pure are concentration player issues. discipline. Yes. That's anxiety issues. Uh, that's being afraid, so afraid that you might get beat on the first step that you jump, that you move, flag on the play. So settle in. Believe in yourself. Believe in your anchor. Believe in what the coaches have taught you as far as techniques are concerned. Give yourself a chance to win this battle instead of saying, before the snap even happens, I'm terrified. You just lost. Let's take you a already time. lost. Let's take a time out here. Uh, Micah Parsons. Supposed to make a television debut today. He did not. Oh, you was going to take it there, Newley. Okay. I was wondering. I didn't know he dabbled in the mess like that. Okay. Okay. All right. Michael was was good on Sunday. He was good on Sunday. I think they were trying to set my man up the way they do do Michael Irvin on first take. The man was like, oh, I'm going to get you first. (laughs) John Machota, Kevin Gray, Patrick Walker, Newey Scruggs. Today's media match right here on DallasCowboys.com. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back, 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 back to back. Media Mash. Tuesday, Media Mash Day. We do it every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right here on DallasCowboys.com. Radio, I'm Newey Scruggs, joined today by Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com, Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, and John Machoda of The Athletic. A uh, Crispin, gear up that Jerry for me. Um, every Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan, there is the Jerry Jones Radio Show. This is... And I used to host it on Fridays, and I tell people, this isn't just some regular hit. This is a national hit. Mm-hmm. And there is pressure... <laughs> to do that, to do that interview, because people are listening. You got a guy like John, who's He's waiting, fired, waiting oh, chomping at the I bit. Mean, whatever ready. you say, he's, t- he's tweeting out there. So I, I, I Patrick I, Walker, ready. I ready. Do, I do feel for for Sean and RJ and the guys who do this because man. Whatever you say. It's a lot of pressure. I've done it once, and that up. was the most nervous I've ever been. The, 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 to you know, do an there's interview. no players today, yeah. so this is this is this is. I'll big just say news. this: the longer you do it, though, the more you understand, though. That you got somebody on the other line that wants to play the game, and when you're an, when you're an interviewer, that's all you can ask for. The, the last thing you really want is the person that you ask questions. They give you a long answer, but they're not saying anything because they're really not trying to play ball with you because they're not trying to tell you anything. Like I'll just I'll, I'll give you I'll just be honest with you. I was supposed to write last night for this morning about the quarterback situation, and I told my editor, "Now let's wait. I got something written." But let me wait and hear what Jerry says in the morning because he can completely change everything. Right. And Absolutely. who else is dealing with that in all of sports, not just the right. NFL? And so he wants to play the game. Uh, I, I, let me just give you in both instances. When he walks out of the locker room Sunday night and then today on the radio, neither time was, the, was, was a first question about Dak. 
he provides that information. Yes, he right. provides that information for mm-hmm. you. So he's a gold mine when it comes to our business, and and he knows it, you know. And he can cut the shelf life right off of whatever right. draft you have sitting in the chamber. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So let's hear from Gerald Wayne Jones, who spoke to Sean and RJ at 105.3 The Fan concerning Dak Prescott's uh, right thumb where he had surgery and uh, when he could be back. I think what we're going to do here is we won't be putting him on IR, uh, which means that uh, we want him to be uh, a consideration uh, for playing within the next four games. We will not put him on IR. Uh, consequently, uh, the people that are ready to play quarterback for us are the ones that played all preseason, Cooper Rush and Greer. Kevin, reaction. Yeah, man, I just, look, I've been, I've started to do this long enough where I have to parse out what he's actually said versus what he's meaning to say. Because if you listen and you hear what you heard from Jerry Jones, yeah, he may be feeling confident about Cooper Rush, maybe a Will Greer. But he's got a guy who he's paid $40 million to who needs to be on the field for this team to go where ultimately he hasn't been in a quarter century. And if that guy's not on the field, they don't have the kind of chance that he believes they should based on what their roster was coming into this year or even before all the changes were made. So, well, yeah, the hopium is going to be, you know, put out quite a bit. I'm not necessarily buying it, and I don't think a lot of people are buying it today based on the timeline, the injury, and what we know so far about Dak's injury. John, would you write? Okay, so the way he said it, I think is all, all he's doing is he's just changing the original uh, – reports of six to eight to it's four to six and jerry being the eternal optimist he's going to take early and he's going to go on four and and it was also the fact that it it just there was a lot of similarities there to me personally i felt like about michael gallup where it was like we're not going to put him on pop to start because we want those four we want him to be able to practice and him to be able to come back i don't it doesn't necessarily make me think that Dak's gonna be back in four weeks but maybe it's five weeks whereas i was thinking when it initially happened and he heard he was getting surgery, I'm thinking, oh, it'll be after the bye week, that Packers game. And now I'm thinking maybe it's only four games from now, five games from now. And now, hey, and and believe me, I also understand the fact that they're going to put him back out there and there's a chance that, he, you know, he could get re-injured. I mean, that's not like something that – that isn't some, like, random difficult injury. Like, you can sit there on the ankle injury and not try and fight for three or four extra yards when you're running the football. On a play like that, it just kind of like, well, that's how you play football in the NFL. You're gonna, your hand is gonna get hit if you play quarterback. So, but I think also if you're if you're Jerry Jones, you're at that point where you're like, well, yeah, well, we gotta get him back out there because we don't have a chance without him. And if you know Dak Prescott, he wants to be back out there. So any anybody, because okay. there's there's this, I just want to make make this clear too. There's a lot of people I think that, oh, the Cowboys are gonna push him back out there. They're gonna push him back out there. They're not going to push him out there. If anything, right. they're the ones that have to hold him back. Right. He's going to want to go out there after in two weeks. Right. You know, as long as he, from what I heard, it's not the set. It's, it's the first hit is the one that injured his hand, and he played again. But then he didn't have the strength in it because obviously it was fractured, so he couldn't hold the football. He was going to. Yeah, this is a guy that his. I, I I shouldn't word it this way, but I do. His ankle was pointing east and west, and he went and slammed it in the turf because he was going to slam it back into place. So I don't know that they're going to be pushing him back out there. They're going to have to fight to keep him from going back out there. What I heard from Jerry in moving the timetable is one plus one equals three. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. that's that hopium. Everything. <laughs> it was six to eight. Yeah. Jerry walks in there, sees Dak. Mr. Miyaki. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why was that trending? Four to six. Four to six. Yeah. <laughs> it went on the radio. <laughs> and that's just that was just so I heard that. I just I just kind of laughed to myself. I'm like, this is Jerry. So so here's where I, here's where I land on it. I, I think both things are true, right? So I think it's possible that. Um, because the Cowboys did set it, set it up, set the stage this way on Sunday by not setting the timetable. They said, let's, you know, get in there. Let's see what it looks like. So it's quite possible that during the procedure, they went in there, they said, hey, you know what? We were concerned there might be some ligament damage. There's no ligament damage. It's a, we we're concerned the break might not be as clean. It's actually cleaner than we thought. So that shrinks the timetable as far as the prognosis goes. Okay. I think that's, that's likely why Jerry has so much confidence in it. Um, but positing that Dak Prescott with this injury, the thumb on the throwing hand, I mean, I, four weeks, I don't think he's back in four weeks. I, I would be more inclined to go to Machota's point of four to six, maybe. maybe yeah. let's, so, okay, sure. Let's say we come back off of the six to eight. We don't come all the way back to three to four. We're definitely not coming two to three. So you're still looking at four, and then you think four might still be a little bit premature. Four to six, split the difference, maybe five. Remember yeah. when Romo was hurt, and was, it was the same hope train, oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it's, coming, it's coming around the corner. I'm telling you, it's yeah. the same uh-huh. thing with Gallup, though. I mean, when you go to these practices, right? he's not even working at individual drills until last week, right. and that hope was being put out there back in – you know the practice. Let's see how we chargers. do today. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's the one. I was going to also say on the NFL Network this There's morning. There's some gamesmanship to it. Yeah, Tom Pelissero. First, he was the first one to kind of report that it might not be mm-hmm. as as. And he he mentioned about with how, the four to six week timeline, right? Yeah. He, and he mentioned that how Dak's a quick healer. And so I thought of Jerry when when he said it this morning. I'm like, I can see Jerry. He you know hearing like you know Dak is a quick healer. Let's go with we'll go with the four to six, you know. And if it doesn't happen, hey, at least at least I sold some positivity to people. And, yeah, stuff and, like and that. again, I think it's very possible, very possible that they went in there and they said, "Hey, this this doesn't look as bad as we thought it did." Um, okay, but that's them. Yeah. Yeah, this, you're right. this this yeah. is who they are. Yeah. yeah, they are always they're they're selling hope. They're Jesse oh, Jackson. They're Jesse Jackson. <laughs> Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. <laughs> Down yeah. with dope and up with hope. And back and forth six weeks. Yeah, so see? You, buy the tickets. There it is. You know? So do you think they'll put him back out there even if he's not ready to go? Like he's got to be cleared still by medical staff before he can go back out there. He can't just go run out and, there. And like you said, John, this is this is not an injury that's easily avoidable as far as right. reoccurring yeah. because you're throwing the ball. You got hands and helmets all over right. the place. If the pocket is collapsing, you really have to take precaution because this is the same Jerry Jones. Let's not forget this is the same Jerry Jones that made sure he clarified the statement on uh, Michael Gallup as far as if this were the Super Bowl, he'd be playing. And then he doubled back and said, "Well, hold on a minute. I said that because <laughs> if he got hurt in the Super right. Bowl, it's a long off season, but." I'm not willing to take this risk in week one of a long season because that would, quote unquote, be stupid. It, this is the same Jerry that said that. So while he is selling the optimism at the same time, when it comes to asking the question of would he actually push Dak Prescott back out there sooner than later? I don't believe so. I think it's the antithesis, which is, if anything, they're going to have to strap him yeah. to, a, to a wall to keep him from running out there. And, with I'll, and I'll end it with this as we go into break. Getting back is one thing. Being effective throwing with football with a thumb is another. Is. We saw it with Jimmy Garoppolo last year. And while he, he took the 49ers uh, to, the, to the NFC Championship game, wasn't able to get it done, not necessarily his fault. Dropped interception was the problem. But um, you can manage it. It's an issue. We'll see exactly what happens. Up next, 
TV star Micah Parsons and Saheem won't be a TV star this morning. Let's dive into that right here on the Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. This is the Media Bash. It's Tuesday. Cowboys 0-1-1 getting ready to face the Cincinnati Bengals at Jerry World on Sunday. Let's get thoughts from men who cover the team. Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, the official radio home of the Dallas Cowboys. And John Machoda, you know and you love him from TheAthletic.com. I'm Newey Scruggs. So, Micah Parsons had agreed that he would go on the television show Undisputed on Fox Sports 1 every Tuesday. So he was supposed to have conversations with Skip and Shannon. <laughs> I was reading your tweets from Jerry uh, in, in the presser, and then I see somebody tweeting something about Skip Bayless, mad at Micah, and how he gets on TV to buy, well, we send him equipment to the house. <laughs> Got we it couldn't get a house. hold on him. And we, we sit it there, and, and he's not available. And, you know, you know, you know Skip is hot. Because, you know, Skip had questions. He 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 wanted answers. And Michael Parsons, uh, yeah, didn't – not only did he not respond, but he did get on social media, mm-hmm. got on social media today, and said Madden had his ratings too low. So I'm sure that took them next level. 
So, guys, let's start with you, John. Work around the room. Your thoughts about him skipping Undisputed. Do you think he'll do this show? Because he's supposed to be contracted through the year. So, in talking to some people, I know that they don't love it in the building. They didn't love the idea of him doing that. Um, And so I'm sure there's some people in the building that tried to talk him out of it. And I don't know if maybe that uh, fire was turned up a little bit. Maybe the, uh, you know, advising him not to do it. Maybe he's as in the last couple of weeks or whatever, but I asked him uh, like a week and a half ago about it. So I was like, you know, I know you're about to go on that undisputed. Are you nervous at all about the idea that, you know, they're going to try and get you to say some stuff and do you not want to, you know, they might try and catch you off guard to say something that like, you know, it could be a, a big time headline. And I know people listening to that would be like, yeah, you're a reporter. You probably do the same thing. But if you watch that show, you know that on a, us that are covering the team on day to day really don't do that. And he goes, at the end of the day, I'm a pro football player. I'm not an analyst. So I obviously have to watch what I say. For the most part, there are lines that can't be crossed. And I understand those lines. So I, th- I thought he would. I, I, I I felt like I still think he might, but it, it, from what I've heard, people within the organization didn't love the idea of him doing it, and so maybe they got to him, and finally their message is maybe it's something that he's taken hard. I guess I didn't find it, him to have to be doing it at all anyway. I felt it a little wholly unnecessary, to be honest with you, because to go back, you know, Mr. Bayless had some things to say previously about the quarterback of this franchise that I would not think anyone who would be a teammate of his would want to associate would said person who said such inflammatory things about the leader of this franchise. So I didn't think it was a great look to begin with. I said that when he, it was initially announced that he was doing it, and I still believe that it's not necessarily a great look for him. And he can go on any platform. He can go on YouTube, Snapchat, whatever he want to do, and he can have his own platform. He can go res, you know, resurrect Vine or something if he want to do something. Oof. Like do yeah, it for the Vine. Yeah, do it for the Vine. <laughs> why why not? But he's and got, everybody will still talk about it. Everybody will talk about it. He was out there as you Mentioned it right, you know, John with you know Leonard Fournette. Like he's got his yeah. own platform; he can do what he wants to do. He doesn't necessarily need Skip and Shannon to uh, accentuate his voice for him. When, when the announcement was made, um, I could not have possibly rolled my eyes any harder. <laughs> and when the announcement was made that he would be featured weekly on that particular show, because in the break, as I mentioned, kind of let that Star Wars gift is a trap, right? You know what that show is predicated upon. It is predicated upon hot takes that are purposeful. The goal is to draw you off sides. The goal is like that's how the ratings are generated. So from a Micah Parsons standpoint, I mean, I, I understand from that shows from a production standpoint, why that was one of the, that's a home run for you. You got, you know, arguably the best cowboy to come on the weekly. So no matter what happens with the Cowboys, you have a line of questioning that you can position in a way that can possibly draw him off sides. And he's a young guy. He's still learning this media game. Oh, we got him is what I feel like they'd be thinking. So from a Micah Parsons standpoint, why? Why put yourself in that position, especially considering, yes, I love what he said. I'm a football player. You are. And not only that, you're the heart and the heartbeat of this defense right now. It would the optics of it would go uh, uh, a much much further if everyone saw that you were just keyed in on on preparing for the next game instead of well, every Tuesday, which they're off anyway on Tuesdays, right? But every Tuesday, now you're sitting here dancing this line around because it just would have been awkward to me to continue to watch something like that where it's just like he's trying to constantly well what should I and should I and I, they know what it is. So when he ghosted them when he left them on red. 
Which is kind of weird because it's like the breakup, right? Like the, the toxic breakup where it's like the ex is calling and texting. We're and sitting listen, here at dinner. And, and he's not responding. He's not responding. We're waiting on you to show has, up. Has the read receipts on, right? <laughs> he's sending, He's not even letting it ring. He's hitting ignore, so it immediately goes to voicemail. So that the ex. And then got the audacity right? to and still then do ju- so. And then jumps on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> right. Right. My man. Right. So the ex is like, so you can't pick up the phone, but you can tweet? Uh, hey, like maybe they did him in the DMs. Listen, the way they didn't him in listen, the DMs. Maybe. I'm not mad at it. I, I didn't understand it initially. Um, we'll see how it goes going forward if he'll appear next week. Um, but as far as him not appearing this week, okay. When when I read it, I read social media. My the old Ricky Waters quote came to my head. For who? For what? <laughs> who are you doing this for? You don't need the publicity. Nope. You don't need a fan base. I mean, you are Micah Parsons, and you play for the most valuable franchise in the world, and you're on TV a whole lot. I mean, we saw what kind of offseason he had. Uh-huh. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And good for him. So that was the who. And then for what? What, what, are, you, what are you expecting to get out of this? Now, many years ago, as Howie Long was winding down his career with the Raiders, he would do a weekly hit for HBO's Inside the NFL, when Lynn Dawson and and um, Nick Buonacani did it. And did a real good job, kind of did an essay for him where, he, you know, they tossed to him, he had his thoughts for the week, and he tossed back. This thing, this is reality show. It's a reality show. Right. I worked in Los Angeles, did a pilot for a TV show. I knew exactly what they're trying to do. And you're saying, thing, it's a trap. It's we're a trying trap. to lure you in. And most of all, we're trying to get you to answer for your teammates, mm-hmm. what was Dak seeing? Are guys frustrated? Penalties aren't cleaned up. Mike McCarthy coaching you guys. I mean, there's so many ways. Do you think Dak should be replaced? That I'm going to go after him if I'm those two guys. Rank all the quarterbacks in the league. So the ones you leave off. Right, exactly. Like, he didn't have Justin Herbert in his top uh-huh. five. You know? And so I'll tell you why he wanted to do it, though. Why? It's because there's nothing that Micah Parsons doesn't think he can do. Okay, great. And so, you know what? And, so, and that's what also nailed it. helps him. Be so, as great as he is on the football field because there's nothing. You want me to rush faster? You want me to play linebacker? You want me to play quarterback? If you guys need me to fill in, I'll do any. Like, there's nothing he doesn't think they so can do. So here's what I tell him to do. Hey, man, go call uh, Draymond Green. Dre, how do you do what you do? Because you want to talk about a guy who's got it. his own platform. Right. Exactly. Got it down. He created <laughs> exactly. his own pl- You want to hear me? You want to hear what I had to take? Boom. Here it is. Here's here's my thing. And LeBron created his own platform. So, so yeah. go do it that way. And you control it, and then he can go hire Kevin Gray to ask him the questions versus oh, thanks, Skip no, Bayless to sit around here and, and throw you, <laughs> you stuff. Some, you got some time for Michael? Uh, uh, clearly, all day, every day, twice on Sunday. I mean, get, get people who are working for you, not people who are working yeah, against you. Right. I mean, let's be smart about this thing. And I was just saying on, on the on the other show with uh, Barry Church and, and Heckma Harrison is, guys, all oh, I love the shot that they take at us. So you guys will ask no real question. You got, okay. The things you want, you want to go in there with your flaming bazooka, guys. <laughs> you get to do that once. Yeah. And only once. Go in there on the regular with a bazooka and see how that locker room, you go in there, you might as well just have that little black brown cloud around you, <laughs> the pig pin head, because yeah, uh, everybody's running away, away from, from you. you. Yeah. You got that's scarlet not, litter. Right. right that's not litter. how it works. I actually, I would prefer, though, in that situation, them running away from you. There's also the other side of where then they're all like heckling you. 
and they're getting other teammates in there too. You don't ever want to be that person. It just makes your job very difficult to do when everybody in the locker room. We don't get it as much, I feel like, in football just because of the access, but baseball. that is a thing in baseball, baseball for sure because there's so much access that, like, yeah, there's not a lot of running away. It's a lot of confronting and then getting the rest of the teammates to be against you too when, you, when you're trying to be like that. I watched a guy who got on Ozzie Smith's bad side once in St. Louis in the summer of 1992. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> How about y'all fix this shit, man? Yeah. yeah, there's one. Shouts out there's, to Mr. Bryant. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, there's I remember the that one well. There's, 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 there's that one. Yeah, yeah. Shouts I remember out to Dez. Shout out to Dez. I remember when T.O. <laughs> froze, froze me and Ed Werder out. I remember that? Yeah. That was fun. Oh, word? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. oh man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the play. Michael Irvin was throwing stuff at people to get him out of the locker room. I was there. <laughs> I was there. I was there Seriously, for that. He was throwing chairs to get him out of the locker room. It was yeah. he threw a trash can. It was, it was a trash can. It was right. it was when Jimmy Jimmy at, right after the Jimmy Jerry presser. I was there. I was working in Austin. We come up for it, and, and he threw. And, and the media was trying to get in the locker room. Don't me to get out. Next thing you know, a trash can came, hurt, comes hurling right over us. Had us. Jose from Channel Eight was there. He was he was filming it. My guy Sal Rios. I was like. Oh, Trash can. <laughs> so, hey, when that happened, were you thinking, you know what, one day this guy's going to be one of the biggest media stars there are? Oh, oh, well, first off, John, let me tell you, that was the glory time to cover the Cowboys because there were quotes. Guys who could talk to everywhere. Yeah. Backup offensive linemen could talk. Special teamers were great. <laughs> Kenny the Shark Gant, man. Fantastic quotes. Special teamers. Kevin Gogan was one of the better quotes. He's a backup lineman. Yeah. Dale Hellestray, the long snapper. Yeah. You get great. I mean, it was great. So how does that work then if your coach is such a disciplinarian? Look, man, they, Jimmy didn't limit these guys on what they said, and they all could talk. Nate was a great talker. I mean, everyone talked, man. So you don't think Jimmy would have a problem if he was coaching this team with Micah going on first take? Or, I mean, on Undisputed? If there was ever a guy who knew how to work and deal with people and understand them, it was Jimmy. So I think Jimmy's the kind of guy that could have a conversation with a Micah. What are your goals? What is it you're trying to do? Does this help you? Does this help your team? More also, does it help your teammates? Or even better yet, Jimmy's the kind of guy who would have had Micah, hey, come on. Take a seat right here. Bring somebody in here, and next thing you know, they're firing off questions. Like, oh, okay, you ready to go on the show? Because this is what you're going to get. I mean, you talk about a man who knew how to I mean, Jedi mind trick people. It was him. Dude was really good. So he was going to be smart. Like, I'll tell you another guy, Nick Saban. Did, did you ever hear the Marcus Spears story of how he was a tight end at I LSU and he didn't that. want – and that he, Nick wanted to go play defense? And he was like, oh, Coach, I don't know. Because, you know, Swagoo – a big time athlete. I Me, mean, Shashevsky was recruiting at Duke. Yeah, big time athlete, tight end, tight ends catch touchdowns. You know? Yeah, he had one in the national championship game, I think. Right, he did. Yeah. So Nick comes in there, tells him, "I need you to switch to defensive end." Swagoo didn't want to hear that, and he said, "Hey, um, this is what tight ends make in the National Football League. <laughs> <laughs> this is what defensive ends make in the National Football League." And Swagoo said. All right, coach, guess I'm a defensive end. <laughs> the good ones, the good coaches know who their players are right. and yeah. how to get to them. Yeah, it worked and for so, Trayvon Diggs. Saban got Trayvon Diggs. But too. I think there's also something, the corner, there's yeah. something to be said for, um, you know, you're comparing, uh, and rightfully so, but in comparison, 
the early 90s to right now and and players and you know media and everyone has to be more cognizant of what they say versus don't say the world has you know uh, been made much smaller with you know everything yeah. every little thing you say it's not no longer does it simply might stay in the locker room right. or or but local Jimmy's smart enough it to, goes global yeah. but within Jimmy a matter adapt. of seconds Jimmy yeah. would adapt every little thing and goes he's global in a matter, mean, of, matter of seconds he's in the media today he would adapt he, he would yeah. have done a good job I mean he guaranteed too. a win in in a, in a, as big of a game as you can. And, and and what he, who else was doing that? So. And he knew. Okay, here's the beauty. Now imagine the Twitter cycle with that. But but yeah. he knew who to call, who would give it to him the way he wanted it done. He called it Randy Galloway mm. on his show. There's a name. Mm-hmm. Right. Called it Randy. <laughs> Guy he knew, trusted, liked. Yeah. And knew he would go. Who also had a column for the Dallas Morning News mm. at the time. And so he knew he would. I'm going to give it to him. He's going to blow it up, and he's going to do what I want to do. He was. I mean, the guy was really smart. Right. He's a really smart guy. I mean, I don't care if if he's sniveling, but he's a smart guy. Uh, don't do that. Let's don't end do that. the show right there. <laughs> wow. Let's end the show right there. I see what you did, then, then you, I, I got it. it. You no, I got it. Go. We got to go. The, go. the petty. Uh huh. The petty. <laughs> Sean Matoda, Kevin Gray, Patrick Mark, I'm New York Media Mass on a Tuesday. We're done right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?